Section 8 of The Rise and Fall of the Confederate Government, Volume 1B. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Bill Mosley. The Rise and Fall of the Confederate Government by Jefferson Davis. Volume 1B, Part 3, Chapter nine northern protests against coercion the new york tribune albany argus and new york herald great public meeting in new york speeches of mr thayer ex-governor seymour ex-chancellor walworth and others the press in february eighteen sixty one mr lincoln's inaugural the marvelous change or suppression of conservative sentiment historic precedents it is a great mistake or misstatement of fact to assume that at the period under consideration the southern states stood alone in the assertion of the principles which have been laid down in this work with regard to the right of secession and the wrong of coercion down to the formation of the confederate government the one was distinctly admitted the other still more distinctly disavowed and repudiated by many of the leaders of public opinion in the north of both parties indeed any purpose of direct coercion was disclaimed by nearly all if presented at all it was in the delusive and ambiguous guise of the execution of the laws and protection of the public property the new york tribune the leading organ of the party which triumphed in the election of eighteen sixty had said soon after the result of that election was ascertained with reference to secession quote, we hold with jefferson to the inalienable right of communities to alter or abolish forms of government that have become oppressive or injurious and if the cotton states shall decide that they can do better out of the union than in it we insist on letting them go in peace the right to secede may be a revolutionary right but it exists nevertheless and we do not see how one party can have a right to do what another party has a right to prevent we must ever resist the asserted right of any state to remain in the union and nullify or defy the laws thereof to withdraw from the union is quite another matter and whenever a considerable section of our union shall deliberately resolve to go out we shall resist all coercive measures designed to keep her in we hope never to live in a republic whereof one section is pinned to the residue by bayonets quote. the only liberty taken with this extract has been that of presenting certain parts of it in italics nothing that has ever been said by the author of this work in the foregoing chapters on the floor of the senate or elsewhere more distinctly asserted the right of secession nothing that has been quoted from hamilton or madison or marshall or john quincy adams 
more emphatically repudiates the claim of right to restrain or coerce a state in the exercise of its free choice nothing that has been said since the war which followed could furnish a more striking condemnation of its origin prosecution purposes and results a comparison of the sentiments above quoted with the subsequent career of the party of which that journal was and long had been the recognized organ would exhibit a striking incongruity and inconsistency the tribune was far from being singular among its northern contemporaries in the entertainment of such views as mr greeley its chief editor has shown by many citations in his book the american conflict the albany argus about the same time said in language which mr greeley characterizes as clear and temperate quote, we sympathize with and justify the south as far as this their rights have been invaded to the extreme limit possible within the forms of the constitution and beyond this limit their feelings have been insulted and their interests and honor assailed by almost every possible form of denunciation and invective and if we deemed it certain that the real animus of the republican party could be carried into the administration of the federal government and become the permanent policy of the nation we should think that all the instincts of self-preservation and of manhood rightfully impelled them to a resort to revolution and a separation from the union and we would applaud them and wish them godspeed in the adoption of such a remedy again the same paper said a day or two afterward quote, if south carolina or any other state through a convention of her people shall formally separate herself from the union probably both the present and the next executive will simply let her alone and quietly allow all the functions of the federal government within her limits to be suspended any other course would be madness as it would at once enlist all the southern states in the controversy and plunge the whole country into a civil war as a matter of policy and wisdom therefore independent of the question of right we should deem resort to force most disastrous the new york herald a journal which claimed to be independent of all party influences about the same period said quote, each state is organized as a complete government holding the purse and wielding the sword possessing the right to break the tie of the confederation as a nation might break a treaty and to repel coercion as a nation might repel invasion coercion if it were possible is out of the question on the thirty first of january eighteen sixty one after six states had already seceded a great meeting was held in the city of new york to consider the perilous condition of the country at this meeting mr james s thayer an old line whig made a speech which was received with great applause 
The following extracts from the published report of Mr. Thayer's speech will show the character of the views which then commanded the cordial approval of that metropolitan audience. Quote, we can at least, in an authoritative way and a practical manner, arrive at the basis of a peaceable separation. Cheers. We can, at least, by discussion, enlighten, settle, and concentrate the public sentiment in the state of New York upon this question, and save it from that fearful current which circuitously, but certainly sweeps madly on through the narrow gorge of the enforcement of the laws to the shoreless ocean of civil war. Cheers. Against this, under all circumstances, in every place and form, we must now and at all times oppose a resolute and unfaltering resistance. The public mind will bear the avowal, and let us make it, that if a revolution of force is to begin, it shall be inaugurated at home, and if the incoming administration shall attempt to carry out the line of policy that has been foreshadowed, we announce that when the hand of black republicanism turns to blood red and seeks from the fragment of the constitution to construct a scaffolding for coercion another name for execution we will reverse the order of the french revolution and save the blood of the people by making those who would inaugurate a reign of terror the first victims of a national guillotine End quote enthusiastic applause and again quote, it is announced that the republican administration will enforce the laws against and in all the seceding states a nice discrimination must be exercised in the performance of this duty you remember the story of william tell let an arrow winged by the federal bow strike the heart of an american citizen and who can number the avenging darts that will cloud the heavens in the conflict that will ensue. Prolonged applause. What, then, is the duty of the State of New York? What shall we say to our people when we come to meet this state of facts? That the Union must be preserved? But if that cannot be, what then? Peaceable separation. Applause painful and humiliating as it is, let us temper it with all we can of love and kindness, so that we may yet be left in a comparatively prosperous condition, in friendly relations with another confederacy. End quote. Cheers. At the same meeting, ex-governor Horatio Seymour asked the question, on which subsequent events have cast their own commentary, whether quote, successful coercion by the north is less revolutionary than successful secession by the south shall we prevent revolution he added by being foremost in overthrowing the principles of our government and all that makes it valuable to our people and distinguishes it among the nations of the earth End quote. the venerable ex-chancellor walworth thus expressed himself quote, it would be as brutal in my opinion to send men to butcher our own brothers of the southern states as it would be to massacre them in the northern states 
we are told however that it is our duty to and we must enforce the laws but why and what laws are to be enforced there were laws that were to be enforced in the time of the american revolution did lord chatham go for enforcing those laws no he gloried in defense of the liberties of america he made that memorable declaration in the british parliament quote, if i were an american citizen instead of being as i am an englishman i never would submit to such laws never 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 End quote. End quote. prolonged applause other distinguished speakers expressed themselves in similar terms varying somewhat in their estimate of the propriety of the secession of the southern states but all agreeing in emphatic and unqualified reprobation of the idea of coercion a series of conciliatory resolutions was adopted one of which declares that quote, civil war will not restore the union but will defeat forever its reconstruction at a still later period some time in the month of february the free press a leading paper in detroit had the following quote, if there shall not be a change in the present seeming purpose to yield to no accommodation of the national difficulties and if troops shall be raised in the north to march against the people of the south a fire in the rear will be opened upon such troops which will either stop their march altogether or wonderfully accelerate it the union of bangor maine spoke no less decidedly to the same effect quote, the difficulties between the north and the south must be compromised or the separation of the states shall be peaceable if the republican party refuse to go the full length of the crittenden amendment which is the very least the south can or ought to take then here in maine not a democrat will be found who will raise his arm against his brethren of the south from one end of the state to the other let the cry of democracy be compromise or peaceable separation that these were not expressions of isolated or exceptional sentiment is evident from the fact that they were copied with approval by other northern journals mr lincoln when delivering his inaugural address on the fourth of march eighteen sixty one had not so far lost all respect for the consecrated traditions of the founders of the constitution and for the majesty of the principle of state sovereignty as openly to enunciate the claim of coercion while arguing against the right to secede and asserting his intention quote, to hold occupy and possess the property and places belonging to the government and collect the duties and imposts end quote, he says that quote, beyond what may be necessary for these objects there will be no invasion no using of force against or among the people anywhere end quote, and appends to this declaration the following pledge quote, where hostility to the united states shall be so great as to prevent competent resident citizens 
from holding the federal offices there will be no attempt to force obnoxious strangers among the people for that object while the strict legal right may exist of the government to enforce the exercise of these offices the attempt to do so would be so irritating and so nearly impracticable withal that i deem it better to forego for the time the uses of such offices End quote. these extracts will serve to show that the people of the south were not without grounds for cherishing the hope to which they so fondly clung that the separation would indeed be as peaceable in fact as it was on their part in purpose that the conservative and patriotic feeling still existing in the north would control the elements of sectional hatred and bloodthirsty fanaticism and that there would be really no war and here the ingenuous reader may very naturally ask what became of all this feeling how was it that in the course of a few weeks it had disappeared like a morning mist where was the host of men who had declared that an army marching to invade the southern states should first pass over their dead bodies no new question had arisen no change in the attitude occupied by the seceding states no cause for controversy not already existing when these utterances were made and yet the sentiments which they expressed were so entirely swept away by the tide of reckless fury which soon afterward impelled an armed invasion of the south that with a few praiseworthy but powerless exceptions scarcely a vestige of them was left not only were they obliterated but seemingly forgotten i leave to others to offer if they can an explanation of this strange phenomenon to the student of human nature however it may not seem altogether without precedence when he remembers certain other instances on record of mutations in public sentiment equally sudden and extraordinary ten thousand swords that would have leaped from their scabbards as the english statesman thought to avenge even a look of insult to a lovely queen hung idly in their places when she was led to the scaffold in the midst of the vilest taunts and execrations the case that we have been considering was perhaps only an illustration of the general truth that in times of revolutionary excitement the higher and better elements are crushed and silenced by the lower and baser not so much on account of their greater extent as of their greater violence end of chapter nine recording by bill mosley lano county texas u s a